I have a business idea. Oh, we should have like a room at the yep. hospital, mm-hmm. a diagnostic room, and yes. it's just a dog in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Wolf, Dr. Sniffs. <laughs> Dr. Sniffs. <laughs> so we're going to see uh, today, we're going to do some tests to see if you have cancer. We're going um, to go gonna... into this room. <laughs> yeah. We're going to send you to the dog scan. Don't you mean cat scan? Nope. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Boop Snoots. My name is Vero. And my name is Heidi. And I smell another episode coming on. (laughs) Guess what this week's topic is? Using our snoots. Our snoots. This is all about the snoots. All about, about the snoots. The snoots. <laughs> <laughs> about the snoots. No booping. I think we had discussed on the last episode, we, were, we had briefly touched a, upon the topic of dogs and their capabilities when it comes to their smelling uh capabilities so we decided to look up a few things on that so that's going to be our main discussion of today mm-hmm. but before we start as always we got we got a story for you <laughs> <laughs> about and everybody else's snoots about everybody else's snoots that were like horribly violated yesterday <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happened folks it was late at night and my husband was up and he decided to let the dogs out for one less peepees before coming to bed so they weren't barking at the door they weren't going nuts or anything but he let them out and they went for their pee and then all of a sudden becky uh, my other dog came and scratched at the door to get back in and when my husband let her in she ran straight to her bed and was like rolling and pawing at her face and so he was like oh my god what is that and luckily like uh, my other son was there because my husband is unable to smell skunk and they were like what is that oh my goodness and for wait what (laughs) yeah he's not able he can't smell skunk he can't and there's certain people who, who who have this capability as well he cannot smell skunk like wow. so he he literally had no clue what was going on like what happened but my like he he figured it out really quick cuz he looked out and Gibbon was doing the same thing in the yard rolling around pawing at his face trying to get like the horrible stench off and for all of you who have not had the uh, amazing experience of having an, their animal skunked fresh skunk smell does not smell like skunk it smells like horrible potent like toxic chemical smell like somebody's burning rubber tires or like when they're paving a road and they're putting like that tar that hot like stanky ass tar tar, like on top of the road that's what it smells like so you don't identify like you're just like oh my god like what because it's very strong it like hits you in the face but anyways my husband couldn't smell any of it but was luckily able to uh deduce what had happened pretty quickly And unfortunately, because we are all working members of society, um, he decided to put them in the garage for the night and ultimately the following day because there was no time to bathe them right away. And I told him this was his number one mistake. He now knows (laughs) that you must immediately address like a skunked dog because what happens 
essentially is when they're sprayed, it's an oil that the skunk lets out. So it's like oil. And he said you could see it all over Becky's front. Like you could see it dripping off of her fur. And they transfer that oil onto anything that touches it, right? So like even if you grab them, now the oil's on your hands. If they go and lay on the couch or on her dog bed, which is now in the garbage, (laughs) um, (laughs) it transfers onto that. And now like whatever they touch, now it's sort of like COVID, right? Like everything's contaminated. (laughs) It's all contaminated. Anyways, so he put them in, he took their dog beds, put them in the garage and left them in the garage overnight. So... Then the unfortunate, (laughs) it's like a series of unfortunate events here. The following morning, um, I felt horrible, but I couldn't, like I had too many important things going on at work. I could not miss work. Um, So I had to leave and I could, they could hear me. So they're scratching at the door to get in, but I left for work. I was going to ask to get off early so that I could come home and address like the skunked dogs in the garage. Anyways, and um but when every so I'm the first one out of the house um my husband had to leave early to because he was driving someone to work with him that day my son was the last one out of the house and when he left he didn't close the door from the garage to the house all the way so (laughs) the skunked beasts (laughs) had a party were inside the house laying on all their usual places like the couches and the beds and under like the computer desk and who knows where else like the chairs in the front like everywhere so like it like the whole house just like absolutely reeked um when I got home and I was uh, of course infuriated at the whole entire situation so um number one when your animal gets skunked deal with it right away don't wait don't leave it on them it just seeps in even more. They're going to smell for way longer. You need to get, you need to address the oil situation. So get the oil off them right away. And the best way to do that, and this is super easy because it's like very over the counter, easy, cheap household products, is you need baking soda, you need dish soap, and you need peroxide. And some people will will argue that the peroxide doesn't need to be a part of it. To me, it just helps. So do not wet your dogs. So don't put water on them because when you put water on oil, it just spreads the oil like all the faster. And um, so start by literally just like shaking baking soda, all of them. So I took Gibbon down to the shower, who's a dark gray Weimaraner, and I turned him into ghost dog for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) The white powder all over him. (laughs) Cover them in baking soda, then just squirt dish soap all over on top of it and try to make like a paste and like really work it into their fur like really well. And then if you need a little bit of extra liquid to help like lather it or have it become like more of a liquidy substance that's like really getting into the fur, just pour a little bit of a peroxide over it too and just rub it in wherever you can obviously try to avoid the eyes especially with stuff like like with peroxide and stuff like that like the baking so like none of that stuff is extremely harmful so you don't have to worry as much as like when using other chemicals but anyways so try to and unfortunately that's usually where they get it right because they're going to grab the animal with their teeth and so their face is always like reek like skunk so Uh, Try to get as close to like all around the face parts as you can down the neck and the front. And sometimes it's hard. So what another thing I do is like I would dump like a handful of baking soda into my hand, squirt a whole bunch of like uh, dish soap into it and then like turn it into a paste like in my hand and then spread that over the front of his chest and under his chin and all those like harder to reach places. 
So you do that, lather it in really good, get it all over as well as you can, and then um, leave it there for, for a few minutes if you can. And then uh, obviously just rinse it all off. And then, and then I use uh, like some of the regular shampoo and then do that again. And if you still find that there's like, you're never going to get rid of all of the smell. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, but the, the, like I mentioned, the goal is to get rid of the oil because that's what's going to make everything else that they touch smell like skunk de pu. So um, I do that. Pepe le pu. And um, um, so yeah, go from there. So um, my house was a total disaster skunk area. So I, I applied the same sort of logic because there's all sorts of different products out there that you can use when it comes to dogs being skunked. Uh, I've tried like a bunch of different ones. Tomato juice, total wives tale. Don't even bother with the tomato juice. Like I, I mentioned, use this mixture that I, that I had just mentioned to you. Um, don't even bother. It's just messy and it just makes them smell like tomato skunk. <laughs> and it, mm. tomato juice isn't going to do anything about like the oil that's actually on them. So, um, so the rest of my house was in the same thing. So I was walking around like literally like a sniffer dog myself trying to figure out where they were laying down. Like where did the skunk oil like transfer to? So like the couch was one place. My son's bed was another. Um, luckily I had like a huge Costco box of like OxyClean powder. So like I just threw it into the laundry on like the heavy dutiest like pre-soaking hot watery <laughs> cycle that I had and put two scoops of like the OxyClean in it and that did really well with like the cleaning of like the linens and stuff luckily I had mattress protectors and I would recommend mattress protectors to any dog owner or any child owner for that matter (laughs) (laughs) children and dogs they're messy species so um that saved a lot of our furniture as well I took the baking soda, I put it over the couches, again, in hopes to absorb any oil that was transferred onto it, left it there for a while, vacuumed it off, and then my husband went out um, uh, to Canadian Tire and was pointed in the direction of PetSmart to buy this product called uh, Scouts Honor. So Scouts Honor, I've heard of them before, they have like a whole line of cleaning products, but their skunk um, stuff I have to say is amazing. So again, for like, I could very distinctly smell the skunk like on my couch, put the baking soda on, left it for like a good 20 minutes, half an hour, vacuumed it all off. And then I put this Scouts Honor stuff in a spray bottle and just lightly sprayed the whole furniture and opened up all the windows to let it dry. And I cannot smell skunk on my furniture anymore. Wow. And then, uh, like, my husband had bought two, like, huge bottles of this stuff. So the garage obviously really (laughs) smelled like skunk. And there's nothing in the garage for it to really stick to, right? Like, it's a concrete floor. We threw out the dog beds that they were laying on out there. But, I mean, like, it was potent. So, like, of course, the whole garage reeked like it. So I just took this spray bottle and sprayed the garage over twice. And it has, like, phenomenally, like, decreased the smell of skunk, like, big time. So... Highly recommend Scouts Honor skunk removal stuff. But again, uh, depending, like if it's just a smell in your house, like same thing, I sprayed it along the floors too and any of the high touch surface, surfaces because I know like my husband can't smell skunk and like he, I'm sure he was manhandling the dogs into the garage and stuff like that. And then God knows what he touched with his hands. So I just took the Scouts Honor on a paper towel and wiped down like all the handles and doorknobs and railings in her house. Like it was like, 
pretty much a spring clean, except it was like a de-skunk mode. <laughs> but um, so just went over everything. So those are the things that I would recommend having in your house at all time. Always the baking soda. And that's mm-hmm, like so yeah. easy. It's so cheap. I buy like, I use baking soda to make my own cleaning products anyway. So I always have like cost, like a Costco pack of like several boxes of baking soda. And it has never done me wrong in terms of this, the skunk incidences that I've had. And um, peroxide, always have a bottle of peroxide. It's good for like, even like first aid sometimes, like you're not necessarily supposed to pour it over wounds. I don't think it's super like recommended because it can sometimes kill healthy tissue too but I mean like I still use it if something is really like nastily infected and you yeah. can use it on dogs too if they have like an infected bobo and um I think if and they then, have hot spots yes yes and then the dish soap which like most of us have around most of the time anyways and then um just as extras the oxyclean is always I love my oxyclean powder because it like again if you have white sheets and you put in a, a thing of oxyclean like i don't know if there's like bleach chemicals in it or what like the the things are but it helps with whites it helps with like if you just need a heavy duty clean on any of your like laundry and stuff like that and like you can also um dilute some in a bottle for like carpet stains and stuff like that so oxyclean is like a huge huge thing for me as hmm. well so there you have it, folks. So uh, to kick off the uh, the smelling up episode, <laughs> and we're going to talk about like some pretty intricate stuff that dogs can do here with their noses, but why they go back to the skunk every time, <laughs> I will know. never know. I mean, Scraps was good. It took one spray from him and he never went th- to it again. But Becky's like rolled in dead skunk like so many times. She knows it gets her a shower, which she doesn't particularly like. Like you think they would put, you know, the pieces of the puzzle together. Like, oh, this is the stink animal that makes me go into the shower. And yeah. Locked up in the bathroom until I'm dry. Like you think <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> but this is like with the two current dogs that I have for whatever reason the skunk is not like registering with like all the bad things associated with it <laughs> so in the moment they're just like Ooh, they're just like oh a friend a friend but like uh, I'm it's I'm so ho- fluffy <laughs> I'm hoping that like the like this was different because this was like fresh right out the skunk de poo into the face like so <laughs> It clearly was unpleasant to them if they were rolling around and trying to get it off their face and stuff like that. So hopefully this yeah. will be the, the one. <laughs> hopefully this will I be the one. I hope so. Oh, God. I hope so, too. And, oh, I uh, hope that never happens. Yeah. I always look outside. Oh, when I bring Ralph and, out if there's a skunk nearby because I'm just like, I just don't want to deal, deal with oh, that. Oh, no. It's miserable. And it really is, like, awful. Like, so, like, we just had to... Like, I just came home, I stripped down into my underwear, and it was like, bring me the beasts <laughs> into the shower. <laughs> and you just start, like, bathing. But, like, oh, my goodness. Like, my husband threw out his jeans that he was wearing when he was trying to get them into the garage and pulling them away because it went underneath our deck. And so Becky was on one side and Gibbon was on the other. So then, like, I had to send my husband to see if there was a dead body, <laughs> like, the next day, <laughs> which there wasn't. So, which kind of makes me mad because it's like, he got away. <laughs> Like, <laughs> after all so, that. So does he smell something else or he doesn't smell anything at all? He he doesn't smell anything at all. Okay. 
So he, like, even, like, like because I was testing it because I could very, like, you could smell skunk on this one part of the couch where clearly the dog was lying. And I was like, so smell here. And he's like, yeah, nothing. Oh, wow. Nothing. And, like, like there was a stuffed animal on my son's bed where the dog also laid there. And the stuffed animal was covered. Like, you could, I'm like, smell that. And he's like, yeah. Like, even in the car, you know, when you drive past where somebody's clearly run over a skunk and you get the really, yeah. really strong wave of skunk. And everybody in the car is like, ah. Oh! No, Matt can't smell. <laughs> that is so weird. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Crazy, eh? Yeah. Anyways. <sighs> At least my house is clean. But yeah. I, I'm wondering now, like, have I adjusted to the smell? Or, like, do people coming in, are they like, oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe I'm saying that this product works, but really I've just, They're like, They're going to call you the, the skunk smell. family. Oh, that's the other thing. Like the whole house reeked, right? So I had to go to work and I was working with like two pregnant colleagues and I was like, I'm so sorry if I stink. And they're like, oh, we can't really smell anything. And then one of them was like, oh, no, there it is. And I was like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're like, it's fine. It's fine. Like it wasn't as strong as like the dogs who just got it fresh, you know, but oh my God. Terrible. Terrible. Awful. Awful. Anyways, oh my God! Now on to the dog side of things. Are you okay if I go ahead with this article that I found? Yeah. All right. So I found this article from a website called Understanding Animal Research, and it is an article that's called "The Science of Sniffs: Disease Smelling Dogs." That was written in June of 2020. Uh, so it says here that dogs have been trained to detect a dozen human diseases and most recently COVID-19. Uh, dogs are obviously very well known for their sense of smell, but listen to these stats, y'all. With about 220 million scent receptors, humans only Ooh. have 5 million. <gasps> dogs have the smell receptors, like theirs are 10,000 times more accurate than humans. And it means that they're able to detect substances at concentrations of one part to a trillion. So to give you wow. an idea of what that looks like, it's a single drop of liquid in 20 Olympic-sized swimming pools. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I find Aww. that, like, so crazy. And, like, I watched this series on Netflix recently, and it's, like, I forget what the title of it is, but it's basically the science of the human body, and each episode is on a different... Uh, one of our human systems and it whole it, it talked about like um I remember watching one on like the circulatory system and like the nervous system and stuff like that so it was showing this research that was going on with people who have lost a limb so let's say you lost your limb to you know like chainsaw accident or something like that so they're building these robotic arms but aren't that aren't just used as like an artificial limb it's it, there's a magnet that attaches to the nerves that are normally like responsible for making that arm function so that now with their robotic arm um they can feel things like they used to with their wow. with their own limb and when they talked about it they were saying it's it's almost like like muscle memory nerves are sort of the same way so at first when they were doing this study with this dude he couldn't tell like they would give him a brick and they would give him a sponge and they would ask like what is it that you're holding and because he you can't tell with the robot arm in the beginning whether it's a brick or a sponge right mm -hmm. like he couldn't he couldn't sense it but they kept doing it and it just took time to refire those same nerves again. And then he was able to tell 
like a hundred with a hundred percent accuracy. Wow. It was so, so the reason why I gave this explanation is because in the next part of the article, it talks about how um, dogs inhale up to 300 times per minute in short breaths, meaning that their olfactory cells are constantly supplied with new odor, odor particles. And so when that's happening at the rate that it is, like, that's why it's, it's being used so much more than ours, right? Like, maybe if, like, you walked around all day literally going, like, <laughs> maybe it would make you smell better. Maybe maybe we would be able to smell disease. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like, oh, but... God, I've got this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shouldn't have had that cake. I got the diabetes. But, um no, so the, I'm I'm guessing that could be part of the science, like behind it, but still pretty cool. Anyways, and that um, their sense of smell is just so subtle, like as I've like as it's just pointed out by those like stats that I've given you, that they can notice the slightest change in human scent caused by disease. So it's t- the tiniest shifts in hormones or like organic compounds released by disease can be picked out by dogs. This, and this is all me like quoting most of this article. So um, they can help with diagnosis and they can help in all sorts of different medical situations. So one of the diseases that they touch upon briefly here is cancer. Excuse me. And they can uh, be trained to sniff out a variety of types. Um, skin cancer, breast cancer, bladder cancer, using uh, samples from known cancer patients and people without cancer. So it says that in a 2006 study, uh, five dogs were trained to detect cancer based on breath samples. And once trained, the dogs were able to detect breast cancer with an 88% accuracy. And then this is the one, and and I was like, oh my God, but then it kind of makes sense when you think about it. And lung cancer with 99% accuracy. Yeah. But that makes sense because lung cancer, are like you're breathing. So it's like the breath, yeah. right? And they could do this across all four stages of the disease. That's that's pretty amazing too. Wow. And they could pick out blood samples from people with cancer with 97% accuracy. That's See, crazy. I wonder. I wonder if it depends, like, on what type of sample that they're offering them to, right? Like, like, and and when you read through it, when it talks about some of the other diseases too, like, same thing, like, uh, like the lower percent is when it, you're getting it from a sample that doesn't necessarily make sense to the disease. So, uh, for instance, like the lung cancer, obviously that makes sense because if they can smell it on your breath, like, because it's coming directly out to your lungs, you know what I mean? Yeah, but. Um, the other thing it was saying, uh, malaria is another disease that they can uh, that they can uh, pick out. It said that they were proved to be able to correctly pick out this, and this one doesn't make sense to me. The scent of children infected with malaria, seventy percent of the time, from socks that they had worn all night. So, like, oh wow, like isn't that crazy too? Like, why from socks? Like from skin shed, I guess. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I find that crazy. And Mm -hmm. um, the other thing um, that they can detect is Parkinson's disease. So uh, Parkinson's sufferers smell different even years before they have the disease. So dogs could Mm. therefore potentially be used in detecting early onset of the disease and treating patients preemptively before the symptoms get like too far uh, and too severe to treat. And another one, and these are sort of the cases that you hear a little bit more about 
is um, uh, detecting warning signs of disease. So, uh, for example, like patients who are about to go into seizures. But it mentioned in here, because like, I, and I can remember like hearing about service dogs with people with epilepsy so that they bark like or warn the human when they're about to have a seizure so that they can get to a safe place, right? Because you worry about them having a seizure and smacking their head off the table or onto the ground. So like you need to get to a, a place where your seizure is going to be safe. <laughs> You're not going to do any uh, harm to your body. Mm-hmm. But it said um, that there, it, it's not as accurate with seizures. So it was saying um, the capacity of dogs to preempt seizure is a bit more controversial and that they weren't sure whether it was that they were discriminating against a general epileptic seizure odor, but they also reported that they were just like warning their masters because of psychological like changes rather than like the epileptic odor that was coming. So that yeah. was like a little less clear, like on, uh, according to that study. So I've, I've looked at a few websites mm-hmm. um, and they have seizure alert dogs and then seizure response dogs. Ah, so seizure response dogs, um, you know, they perform a bunch like various behaviors in response to a seizure. Mm -hmm. Um, So depending, like they can start barking to alert a family member that the individual is having a seizure. Um, They can pull like wheelchair or something out of the way, um, turn on the lights, turn off the lights, push an alarm. But seizure alert dogs, it's something that the dog has naturally. So it's an innate ability to detect a seizure. Hmm. So you can't train a dog. It's just something that the dog has. Crazy. And you can can tell if the dog has it or not. Well, I think it's just like a coincidence, right? Yeah. Either you have a seizure and your dog starts barking or whatever, paces, um, like right before you have it. Yeah. Or even like an hour before you have it. Yeah. And then you train that dog with like positive reinforcement. To, to you know, notify. If he, sees, yeah. if he sees that behavior again, okay, so maybe this means that I'm going to have a seizure again. Hmm. Yeah. So it apparently you cannot train a dog to alert, mm-hmm. but you can train a response dog. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah. And then it, of course, talked about diabetics as well. So it said uh, dogs are helping with diabetics. And when a diabetic's sugar level is dropping or spiking, the dogs can detect um, isoprene, which is like a chemical found in human breath that rises significantly during like an episode of low blood sugar. So like I can remember learning about diabetes. And when somebody has a blood sugar that's dropping way too low, they almost come across like they're drunk and their breath smells like very, very sweet. So if that's detectable to humans, like usually it's like when like their sugar's way low and they're like in big time like trouble. Whereas these dogs, I would imagine, obviously, would be able to detect it way earlier. Like, oh, okay, like this is getting higher. Like and alert them somehow so that they can check their sugar and be like, oh my God, time for some orange juice or time for <laughs> some insulin. Um, and then this one I found very interesting too. So it said... Um, Dogs can also help predict migraines. And for those who suffer from migraines, having a warning sign before one comes on can mean the difference of managing it. Like, uh, again, like uh, 
for any of you out there that, that have migraines, you'll know it's hard to break the pain cycle once you're in the middle of it. So as soon as you feel like, oh my goodness, this is a migraine coming on, you need to medicate like right away to catch it before you're in like full migraine mode because there's no coming back from it unless you like you get some heavy duty stuff out like hospital grade stuff Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but um so that's like so it said it turns out 54 percent of migraine sufferers with dogs noticed changes in the behavior of their pets during or preceding the migraines nearly 60 percent of these subjects indicated that their dog had alerted them to the onset of a headache usually an hour or two in advance that's crazy that is crazy that is crazy i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask my friends with um migraines if they notice and migraines and dogs if they notice any of that because I've never heard of that before yeah me neither so hmm. then it, it talks about dogs with the COVID-19 so the latest example of dogs detecting diseases with the coronavirus that has caused uh, the worldwide pandemic of course so in a pilot study at the University of Helsinki again I've like reading about all this stuff I'm surprised at how many people are like researching dogs there's like a lot of it happening <laughs> so awesome maybe i need to become a dog scientist i have a business idea oh we should have like a room at the hospital Mm -hmm. a diagnostic room and it's just a dog in it yeah (laughs) (laughs) dr wolf dr sniffs dr sniffs So we're going to see uh, today, we're going to do some tests to see if you have cancer. We're going um, to go into gonna... this room. <laughs> yeah. We're going to send you to the dog scan. Don't you mean cat scan? Nope. Dog scan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. That's good. Yes, that is an excellent idea. So in a pilot study at the University of Helsinki, (laughs) dogs were taught to recognize the previously unknown odor signature of the COVID-19 disease caused by the novel coronavirus. And in only a few weeks, the dogs were able to accurately distinguish urine samples from COVID-19 patients from urine samples of healthy individuals, almost as reliable as a standard PCR test. That's crazy. Those are like the rapid tests, correct? Yeah. Yeah for all of y'all non-scientific folk. So, um, and other countries have started to look into the same thing as well. Obviously, it would be really handy having some like COVID-19 sniffers out there <laughs> helping us with this dreadful pandemic. Yep. And um, that's pretty much the gist of the article there. Dogs are amazing. Dogs are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so i was looking into uh seizure detection dogs so i kind of talked about it a little bit already um and that was pretty much it so there's the response dogs and the alert dogs Mm -hmm. and you can't really train an alert dog (laughs) i was kind of disappointed i was like okay and i i found a few websites that said that so i was like "Mm, it must be true so they're just born they're just born with it Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> um, and then they have the response dog. So they train to do uh, various behaviors, different tasks. Um, so they have to have the right temperament, um, right size, depending on the tasks that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really have like a little dog. A chihuahua. <laughs> a trying little to get chihuahua. You to a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to like turn off the lights. <laughs> 
And then there's the diabetic alert dogs. Um, so they will alert you either if your blood sugar is high or if your blood sugar is low. You can train them to get your test kit or meds. Um, they can act as physical support. So if they need, like if the individual needs to stand up from a seating position, um, they can carry objects and open or close drawers, cabinets or doors. So what they do, they take a sample of the saliva at a certain like blood sugar level mm -hmm. and they use that for scent training. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, dogos. Um, and that, I mean, that's pretty much it. So they use... I just saw like, a, I tried to look at YouTube videos on how they would do the scent training and I didn't find much, um, but the initial training would be putting the saliva sample um, into a bowl and then they have like a colander, colander, yep. colander yep. <laughs> on top of it. And then the puppy would smell it. And when they put their head in the colander, <laughs> colander okay I never know I never. need I need to go back over all of our episodes and get a reel of you like trying to pronounce words because you do it like the same way every time it's so cute you like try one and then you like like with like, a very questionable like intonation in your voice and then you try it a different way the question mark you're like I'm mean, I don't know which looking for approval from the audience <laughs> I try to support you in your pronunciation of words but yeah colander is colander. fine <laughs> I think I so I think I know how to pronounce it and yes. then I kind of made fun of the word pronouncing it differently <laughs> yes. and then at some point I didn't know which one was the right way <laughs> and now I'm just like and now if you ask me right now, I still don't, like, you just told me which one was the right way. <laughs> but when you go to use it in a sentence, your brain's going to be like, is that the way or was it the other one? Colander. What did you say again? Colander? There you go. <laughs> Colander. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> they put that thing <laughs> in the bowl and then the dog would put their head in it mm -hmm. and they, you would give the puppy a treat. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that's how they would do the scent training. I think I understand how saint, saint, saint training works. <laughs> saint, they, they don't need saint training. They're all saints, these dogs no. that we talk about every week. Yeah. Um, again, it's all like positive reinforcement, right? Like we saw it on mm -hmm. the show that was on Amazon Prime there, the like Amazing Race show with the dogs, like a part of their preparation for the show was the scent training aspect to things so like you get a good idea of how it's done and it's like it's just like any trick that you're teaching them like you get them to do one thing once and you reinforce it and now you start introducing challenges to it um bringing along their skill which is amazing but I just like I just find uh, I know it's no secret that we find dogs so amazing but like even I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago so my dogs have been up to all kinds of no good. This has been like the most <laughs> um, active like couple of months with them ever. But like Gibbon was killing tons of bunnies the other the other month last he was month. Was killing killing bunnies? Yes, he killed Gibbon. Baby. Yes, Gibbon killed six. Our kill count was up to six. And, no way. Uh, but anyway, so like if you ever see your dog smelling in a place, like I tend to like, there's 
there's been the odd time where I pay attention to it. So here's a perfect example. So there was every morning I wake up, I get dressed, I go downstairs and I'm the earliest one out of the house. So I, I don't feed them. The other boys do because they have more time before they leave. But anyways, but I get up, I let them out for a pee and then they come back in and wait for the other guys in the house to wake up. So um, during Gibbon's killing streak, <laughs> yeah. um, there was this one morning where I got up, I let him outside and I noticed he was sniffing at the side of our house that like nobody goes on. Like the entrance to our backyard is not on that side. It's literally just like the, you know, the in-between part in between houses. And so he was sniffing at the fence on that side. And then our dining room is on that same side of the house and there's a window there. So when I let him in, on most days, he just runs back upstairs into bed until the boys get up and then he gets his breakfast. But he went into the dining room and he was sniffing at the window. So like, again, going to like, like sniffing in the same area. So I was like, what the heck is he doing? So I go over to the window. Now I'm sniffing too. So I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Gibbs and I both nose to the window sniffing away. (laughs) And I looked out and I couldn't really see anything. But I I did smell something like slightly funky. So like later on when I got home, I said to my husband, I said, Gibbon was sniffing like at that side of the house. And anyway, so we went over and lo and behold, there was a a, another bunny carcass. So I'm thinking Gibbs like either caught the tail end of him and he made it under the fence, but then promptly died (laughs) or maybe not so promptly. Poor, poor little thing. But anyways, um, the matter of fact, it was like out of behavior, like, and you know, they're always sniffing around like all the time, but like you hear these, and of course there are these glorified stories in the news, but there was one where like um beagle owner was walking him and he was really pulling sniffing in this one area. And so he decided to follow the dog and this uh, elderly man had fallen in his backyard. And so they called the 911 and the elderly man was, you know, so the beagle like had saved the day and there was a big yeah. newspaper article about it. So, but Sometimes, like, when they're really persistent on something or really sniffing something, like, really hard, like, either, I say, like, let them because they're... Like, certain entertain so- them. Entertain like- them the odd time. And there's another thing that my mother-in-law introduced me to when she first got her dog, too, and there was, like, a big thing, and it was called a sniff walk. And I think I talked about <laughs> this on an episode before, where it's, like, rather than going on your routine, like, normal walk literally like just go out enter an area and just follow your dog sniffer yeah <laughs> let him sniff and go and just go wherever the dog takes you hmm. you'll, pro- you'll probably find some yucky things like bunny carcasses <laughs> or a skunk skunk <laughs> or a skunk <laughs> or well, an elderly man laying on his back here help <laughs> help <laughs> help help well speaking of snoot receptors <laughs> I got some chairs that I had ordered. Oh yeah, um, like months ago, mm-hmm. I finally got them, mm-hmm. and I had to scotch guard them. Yes. So I did that, mm-hmm. and now they're in the living room. And while we were doing all that, Ralph was in his crate, just to make sure he didn't jump on anything, or just so that he's not in the way. Put the chairs in the living room, let him out. He had one quick sniff and that was it. <laughs> I was like, okay. Didn't but then like I the was Scotch wondering, guard? well, I'm wondering if it was a Scotch guard that he could smell and he was just like, ugh. Yeah. So, yeah. yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> no chairs for Ralpho. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. 
I wish. He doesn't even like really sniff them now. He's just like, whatever. Oh. They're just well, there now. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I got my new dining room chairs and also scotch guarded the crap out of them. So hopefully these <laughs> dogs will stay away. And I have noticed they haven't really gone around them or, or sniffed much at them. That's but, good. But uh, I was telling Vero this too when I was speaking on the phone with her the other night. So we got a new dining room table and obviously these chairs to go along with them. And thank goodness, like I'd put like padding down on the table. Cause you know, my kids are teenagers, but boys still be messy and ruin your nice stuff. So <laughs> I'm like been a little, uh, you know, a helicopter mom over the dining room, the new furniture. In the house. <laughs> but anyway, so um, my husband had put down like the padding and then like a uh, dining room table cover like uh, over it. And it's a navy blue cover. And so I came home and we were going to sit down at the dining room table and there was a very clearly <laughs> dog prints <laughs> on the dining room table cover. <laughs> so I think I shared this story once about how I was trying to take nice photos of Gibbon on the furniture, like just like that photographer from New York did, did good <laughs> yes. dogs on nice furniture. And then my husband was walking past the kitchen and caught something from the corner of his eye and was like, what the heck? And looked in the dining room and Gibbon was standing on the dining room table, just like looking at him being like, hey, look can at we me. get a treat? Like, look at this. <laughs> good dog on nice furniture. So, so I don't know whether this is like a routine thing that he does now. Like I almost, like I said, maybe it's time we get like a, a furbo yes. cam or something like that or or I said maybe like you know put some sort of pressure thing on it so that when he steps on it the air horn goes off and scares the crap <laughs> out of him <laughs> but um he's clearly up to no good when we're not yeah around. what is he doing I don't know he's probably sniffing at something sniffing for little mm. crumbles of food yeah jerk <laughs> <laughs> Him and his sniffer, his crazy yeah, you need a Olympic pool sniffing <laughs> sniffer. <laughs> One drop in a 20 Olympic pool sniffer. <laughs> yes. Oh, Lordy. Anyways, is that a wrap? Is that a wrap? <laughs> that is a wrap. <laughs> That's a wrap. Let's tune in next week. Smell y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop.